1: Welcome to uh, what was supposed to be our midweek mailbag podcast <laughs> but very quickly turned into something else. Uh, my name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the producer of Rep Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit online with me for our mid, I guess we'll just call it a midweek emergency podcast is uh, managing editor of Pride of Detroit at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. Eric Schlitt is here buddy. How are we, how are we doing?
2: I tell you what, this is a heck of a way to kick off Movember, right? Yeah.
1: Yes, uh, it is Movember. We are raising money for the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, you can find links to donate uh in in Twitch chat if you want to hit exclamation point donate or on the website pride Uh but uh for now, let's put that aside because obviously uh huge news hit on Uh, Tuesday afternoon, about a couple hours before the trade deadline. The Detroit Lions have shipped TJ Hawkinson to, of all teams, the Minnesota Vikings, the division-leading Minnesota Vikings. The Lions uh, get a Vikings second-round pick in return and a 2024 third-round pick, but they also sent a 2023 next year's fourth-round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth-round pick. So... In yeah. essence, the lines don't get any additional picks, but they bump up a couple spots in each uh, in each round, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. Eric, tell me how I should feel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll tell you what. Uh, three weeks ago, we floated the idea of Hawkinson potentially being traded, just kind of off the cuff, uh, saying that we didn't think he was part of the long-term future, or at least I suggested that. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Right. And so um, I had said the way he's being used, uh, the hierarchy at which they are deciding to uh, deploy targets was not, he was never that feature guy, right? The only time he was ever that feature guy was when they were down St. Brown and they were down Chark and we haven't even seen Jameson yet. And they they seem to have a preference, both coaching staff on front office towards receivers as opposed to tight ends, which is a bit ironic with Dan Campbell being the former tight end. right? Uh, but they prefer their tight ends to be more uh Two balanced like yeah yeah, yeah the, you got to be a really good blocker you they want you to be able they don't need their tight ends to be exceptional they they, they need them to be reliable and, and that Hawkinson had a big number attached to him and he was going to have a big number attached to him and they i'm they had engaged in uh potential uh, contract extensions with him as well and so i'm sure they started talking to him about contract extensions and they started hearing those numbers and then they started saying well what's his impact on the team and it was a, a cost evaluation thing and saying geez i don't know if he's part of the long-term future you never really heard dan campbell overly praise hawkinson um sure. he would he just kind of talked to him about him as being a uh, and, a, and a big part of the offense, but not like this game breaking style of player that, you know, you get when he talks about like guys like St. Brown and whatnot. And so he just kind of, you know, he was an important piece, but he was he was someone that the previous dream regime uh, drafted very highly. Uh, he, he had nine point four million guaranteed to him next year, which means it would have been really difficult to move on from him uh you know, next year as well. Cause of that, that contract, once they got it and that they would have been kind of stuck on that 9.4 is a ton of money uh, for a guy that maybe isn't going to be one of your top three featured targets. And right now he, that's not how they value him. Um, So, yeah, you know, we, we floated the idea that we put a poll out to fans and said, should the lines be sellers? And if they are, this is probably the most likely person they're going to sell. And people said, yes. And then we wrote an article, Mike wrote an article and said, this is probably what's going to happen with Hawkins. And he's probably might draw a second based on the Hayden Hurst trade. This is probably what it's going to be. And people said, yes, we still want them to sell and they've sold and everything is, oh my gosh, they didn't get enough. And I look, I get it. I get it. But um, the value you're not going to get, no, you're never going to get a first rounder. I don't care what, what, what Jeff Howe says. uh what his projection was it with the tampa bay trade that was i don't think it was realistic uh hawkinson is a good player is he worth 9.4 million is he worth 13 that he's projected to get probably not if they were going to deal him they had maybe could have dealt him the offseason this was they who knows if they would even got as much as they got right now and so
1: yeah i I think that last point that you made is is the most salient because if, if you were to ask Lions fans, should they extend TJ Hawkinson? I think the majority of people would have said no, because, because of what you just said, like, I'm not sure he's worth 13 million a year. And so if you, if you've come to that conclusion that you think Hawkins, maybe you've had initial conversations with his agent, and it seems like that's the ballpark they're looking for. Well, this is, this yeah. is basically the ideal time to trade him then, right? His, yeah. his value, he's coming off a pretty good game. His value. Still got another year on his contract where he's under that 13 million by, by quite a bit. And yeah. And listen, like this i, I th- there are things that that are frustrating about this trade, no doubt the mm-hmm. fact that you aren't technically gaining any picks, that can be frustrating. I get it, but but a mm-hmm. second rounder is certainly going to be a lot better than than a a third rounder in in the in the following year and and third rounder is better than, than a fourth rounder. like none of that is controversial to say, but doing it to a division rival. Yeah. not getting any additional picks. I, I get why on the surface, this is very frustrating to lions fans, mm-hmm. I, it, it, especially when I, I and, and also, I mean, you think about going into the year, right? You're like, wow, this team has DJ chart. They're going to have Jameson Williams. They got Josh Reynolds back. They have Deandre Swift. They have TJ Hawkinson. Look at all these weapons have. And now Jameson Williams hasn't come back. TJ Hawkinson is gone. Deandre Swift is injured and not himself. And suddenly Mm -hmm. this, this arsenal of offensive weapons that you thought you had is
2: just gone. Okay. I mean, look, I get it, but like, what is this team building for? But but I I don't know.
1: I don't have an answer for you, Eric. Like, it seems like I I don't know where this team, I don't know what this team's identity is anymore. They want to run the ball. Who's going to run the ball? (laughs) They want to play
2: defense who's playing defense like well they they're going to they're going to they're probably have to draft someone that wants to run the ball. I, I guess here's you know, or what's that can run the ball, right? It's
1: frustrating to me. And okay. I understand I understand part of it's just the circumstances that they're around. It feels like they're still in year 1 of the rebuild. It feels like they're still digging digging themselves deeper and building it it, it almost feels like they're they're extending this rebuild to take even longer now because now, now you're loading up more on draft picks and it's like, okay, but it's going to take year two year three before those guys are, are hitting their strides. And it's just like, are you,
2: are you suggesting this was a ploy for job stability?
1: I don't, I, I'm not <laughs> suggesting any of that. I'm just saying like, I'm,
2: joking. I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> it, it feels like we keep kicking the can further and further down the line. And listen, I'm the one that I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily even against this trade. It's just, it's frustrating to see it take longer and longer. And and I mean, this team is not going to be any better because of this trade until two, three
2: years down the line. Right. I don't know. That's not necessarily true because when you, the, this spot where they pick, you can get a guy that can come in a, a, and make an impact, right? Like you're getting a guy that's going to be picked in the late fifties, early sixties, probably if the, if the Vikings keep pace from what they are, but who knows that they're going to be able to. Right. Um, And those those level of guys like think of the impact that josh Pascal had when he came back like he completely sure. changed that front for, and that, that's game <laughs> no i understand but like he but he also he changes it for last week too i mean like you can't do some of the things it could have been worse they might not even been close if you don't have josh Pascal in that last game so you can get a guy that can come in let's say they're looking for right guard it's possible they're looking for even just starting right guard at that sure. spot you can get i know i look I know how you feel about running backs. You can get a starting running back at this spot. You can get a starting guard at this spot. You can get a starting tight end at this spot. Hey, you're gonna need one of those now. Hey. Um and so <laughs> so, so maybe
1: you traded Hawkinson for a Hawkinson? Great. <laughs> well,
2: but at a lower <laughs> a cheaper cost. One. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can get corners at this spot. Like the there you're not gonna be able to fix all your problems with your two first round picks you're going to fix two problems with right. your first two right and so you have to look at where the draft is deep where the spots are and, and who you can maybe who else you can get um odds are you're probably going to get a guy who is going to be more of like a specialist in year one and then maybe develop into a starter like you know like you said in year two there is going to be that time weight, right like yeah. you, you had you i completely accept that and but like did you watch the the Buffalo game uh the other night? Yeah, a little bit. Right. Okay. Uh like James Cook, their running back, do you see how they kind of used him as a, like a specialist type of option, right? Like sure. he was picked 63rd. Right? So that's and I think the Vikings pick right now is 62, but I again, I think that's going to drop into the 50s, but um you could get that you could like Trey McBride was the first tight end taken last year he went at in the in the late 50s right and so like there's it's a deep tight end clash you're going to have a chance you could have a chance to land a guy who's going to be your your day one starter and, and maybe he's a better blocker but not as dynamic as 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 a pass catcher but again for what this coaching staff is looking for I think that's more suited for for what it is so there's a lot of different ways you could get a you could add to the defensive line you can you there's a def, you could get defensive tackles at the at these spots right so sure. and and that's just i mean you have five picks now in the in the six top 65 currently right because yeah. they're at you know that one spot each round yeah. um but um it just it, it really just depends right like there, there's there was a there's a bunch of different positions that i think are going to fall from a value standpoint into that range where you're going to get a guy who, who can contribute. And if you're, if you're uh, holding on to that fourth round pick, you're probably not going to get, you're going to probably get a Derek Barnes instead of an Amon Ross St. Brown. Right. You agree? We agree with that. Like that's, that's the chances. Yeah. But I mean, my uh, point is if you, if, if you have a chance, if you if you're at a spot where you're picking a guy who's like a who you think you're going to get at, at like a Derek Barnes type level, and you have a chance to get a guy who is going to be a contributor and potential starter, that's essentially what you're doing here, right? Yep. You're 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 shedding cap. You're shedding two million in cap this year. Nine point four is a massive number to shed next year because that's going to be really important for sure. how they want to approach the office. I mean, that's they were they were a little bit tighter than I was you know hoping they would be this. Now that extra nine, that's that's a massive number to me. That that's
1: and, maybe it almost feels like that's more important than than some of these draft picks. Since since again, it's not really
2: game draft. Picks, no, but I I, I I do think picks. the yeah and yeah, but improving that one draft pick and freeing up a lot of capital. That's about the best that you could ex- the best outcome you could expect in any type of trade uh, that they were going to get this year. So, yeah, it stinks. He's going to a rival. He's probably going to have a hundred yards in a, in a touchdown uh, when they face the Vikings this year. You know, what I mean, like right. that's, that's that's just how karma works, right? Yeah. But um, I, this is kind of, this is basically in line or close to in line from what I was expecting from a deal. I didn't never thought getting a second rounder straight up was realistic. Um, if you upgrade a day three pick to a top 60 pick,
1: eh, it's probably worth it. Um,
2: so I, I ran a poll here in our live Twitch audience, and it looked
1: like uh, just over half of people give this trade a, a, a B, and uh, I'm not going to give it a grade yet. And I, I, I think I still need some time to, to sit on it. But I, I think a fair question that, that people are asking right now is, were the Lions using TJ Hack? And you said like, you said it yourself. They they might want something different out of yeah. their tight ends. But I guess the question is, should they? Um, one thing we, we've we said about this regime all the time is they kind of cater their offense or their defense yeah. to their offensive talent. So is it fair to criticize the coaching staff for saying, hey, you guys weren't using TJ Hawkinson right? So now you are getting lesser or equal value to a, a talented player that you could have used, but you weren't using correctly.
2: I think it comes down to the philosophical usage like they had a philosophy on how they wanted to use their players and the tight end position just wasn't as valuable to them now could you say that they underutilized him i would sure i think he, he goes to another team like and if the vikings want to prioritize him a little bit better yeah but i mean even with the vikings i mean he's still probably what third at best in their pecking order right maybe even lower right because they've got oh, jefferson oh, receiving. They got, okay right. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Receiving. yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like he's still going to be, he's still not going to be the guy like that's going to go out there and, and be, he's not going to be your George Kittle. Who's your, who's your second right. option. No. Right. I mean, he's not nope. And, but if, if, if you utilize him as a pass catcher and you're putting him out there and you're trying to create mismatches, absolutely. You can use him better this, that he just was not part of the tight end position is just not part of their offensive philosophic philosophy on, on how they want to approach. It wasn't with Lynn. It wasn't, it's not with, with Johnson. Um, And I do think that that's probably an overarching Campbell ideology, right? Like, I mean, if you're going to have that, because he's a, he's a good enough player that for two offensive coordinators not to prioritize him is a little surprising. Think about the fact when we watched the Patricia camps, the training camps, he was dominated. In yeah. training camp, right? He was like they featured last him. year too,
1: and then this it, year I seemed mean, to fall out.
2: Okay, okay, right. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah. Yes, yes. This previous training camp, he didn't. He seemed kind of absent, and maybe the we the year before, he was more dominating because their white, their wide receiver room was, uh, you know, had a Perryman right. uh, as one of the starters, right? right? So, I, I, yes, I think it's fair to say he wasn't being utilized properly, but. I also don't think he was ever going to be utilized properly uh or or to his full potential as as like a mismatch. They want that role to do different things and therefore he wasn't as as good of a fit. It's something we've been talking about for a while. It's not like I I know some people are surprised by this and I know some people are going to kind of push back against me saying this, but this has been something we've talked about previously is that he doesn't seem to fit what they want to do moving forward.
1: Yeah. And I think that does, you know, it brings questions of whether the Lions' route forward is the correct one. Um, I'm, I've always been kind of a, a proponent of of building more around the pass game than the run game, and and it's clear that this coaching staff has that reversed mostly. Well, they have they, well, invested in some outside receivers and, and things like that for sure. Yeah, um, t- a twelfth overall pick, right? But, so, but sending away T.J. Atkinson also sends a mm-hmm. different message, and and maybe it's just that we trust Amonrod to be our up the middle guy, but. Maybe maybe it's that they 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 have faith in James Mitchell. Maybe it's that they really like what Brock Wright does. Um, but the lines undoubtedly got worse, and and, and Delta a talented player in this draft in, yeah. in this trade. And so, I don't know. It's it's I'm I'm at a very mixed uh, emotion kind of feeling right now. Um, he, even he's, he's, I, I understand it though.
2: He's going to be billed. and and all the all the headlines are going to say top ten tight end right traded. Because statistically, as a pass catcher, he is right. He, he he's that's what he he produces at that level, and so, of course, you know, a couple of games have skewed that. As you wrote the other day, and uh, when we wrote the um the the five options that might be traded, right? Um, he still he will put up offensive numbers, yeah. But again, when he doesn't fit into the vision it's surprising it's 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 or it's not surprising to see them you know interested in fielding calls for him and so i I, i'm a little surprised i'm not overly surprised i think they actually might have got a little bit more than what i had thought and i know that it's the the argument against they didn't acquire more picks they just upgraded Uh, that's, that's a very valid um for me upgrading that pick is, is it could be a potential difference maker because you're talking about what could be like 40, 50 spots when it's all said and done. That's and when you're moving from like a top one hundred to a top fifty or in the fifties, that's you get a, a different level of player. And that's Perfect. really what they need. They need those, they need a different level of player as opposed to like just Bodies. more average players. Right
1: all right uh let's take a quick break uh we're gonna address our live audience here and when we come back more on this blockbuster trade uh and and what's to come next for the Detroit Lions so stick with us we'll be right back on this emergency trade deadline Detroit Lions podcast
3: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: And we are back here on our Emergency TJ Hawkinson Traded Podcast. Uh, we we kind of went through a lot of everything that happened there, Eric. But I guess let's talk about what the lines are going to do mo- moving forward for the rest of this season because obviously now they have a big piece of that offense missing um mm. what what does this mean are, are we going to see brock wright get 80 i mean y- you just finished snap counts and and yeah. tj Hawkinson was accounting for what 80 percent of uh or, or so of the snaps while brock wright was somewhere around 20 and and, and you know james mitchell was barely used at all so yeah. what now
2: I, well i think i think brock was closer to Fifty in previous weeks um he was a little bit down this week i didn't i i thought he left at one point for injury um and i don't know if that was like just philosophical but my guess is that he's the one who steps up into the 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 larger role uh james mitchell's role will should increase the most right i mean brocks might go from like 50 to 60 or 70 but mitchell's will probably go from like eight to like 40 right, right. and so he'll have the bigger jump um you'll probably also see shane Zilstra promoted and uh Zilstra can be a pass catching option i mean they could go Garrett griffin if they wanted to uh ha- add more of a blocking presence um they're also going to add Jay- jason kabinda to this room a, a little bit point. later as well
1: very soon i so, would i would right?
2: uh ideally right and so um but for now in in the immediate it just i think makes the most sense that you're just going to level up the two guys that are already on the roster a little bit um you know james mitchell has one nfl catch uh but it was nice it was a good one maybe it was enough maybe that catch (laughs) was was the straw that broke the camel's back they were like look at this screen that we just threw to the tight end oh it's the rookie all right Let's get Minnesota on the phone. <laughs> well, I mean, here's one thing to consider because you br- you
1: bring up Shane Dillstra. They had Brock Wright last year. Those two were fine towards yeah. the, the stretch last year, right? When, when TJ Hawkinson was when Hawkinson was hurt, th- was hurt. An- another and another ask- offense was kind of yeah. okay, right? Like the offense kind yeah. of held its own. They were able to run the ball. They were able to throw the ball a lot better last year without TJ Hawkinson. So I-, I think it goes back to your point in the first segment. Like this offense. Can thrive without T.J. Hawkinson, and maybe he's just not the in- integral piece that we thought he was at the beginning of last season.
2: Here's the thing: how many times have they had to do it without him, too? One of the things we didn't talk about in the first sure. segment was the fact that he's been injured a lot. Yeah, right. Yep, and like he's missed portions of the season, and that that you know instability or or unavailability. It, it seems like an every season thing, right? We talk. Oh, I mean, we talk about Swift all the time because right. it's well, well, it's it's more obvious with him. But but Hawkinson was has he? I don't even. I think he's finished one season right without ending up. Maybe. You know? Um. Yeah. And he's been on IR. He was on IR last year. He was on IR as a rookie. And I okay. Regardless, he's got a handful of of, of injuries over his career that have you know, eliminated him from the option. And so yeah, maybe they looked at last year and said, hey, Wright and Zilstra did fine. Right. And so uh now that we've got superstar James Mitchell uh rising through the ranks, <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, you know, maybe that's enough. They again talked about it in the first segment. I don't think they value a superstar at the position. I think they would rather have bodies and multiple bodies that are good blockers and can contribute in a lot of ways. Right. So um, yeah. I, and, so yeah, I, I think it's just going to be a collection of three guys. It's fair. And I see our live audience
1: is going crazy because the bears who are being very uh, oh, hot goodness. and cold have, have traded for Steelers wide receiver, Chase Claypool. They've been sellers, For the past two weeks and now they go out and buy sellers on defense. Sellers on defense and and they go and buy themselves an offensive weapon for uh Justin Fields. We'll see how that plays out. Don't even know the terms of it yet, but uh let's let's stick with the Hawkinson trade here. Um any any other takes? I mean, I I, is is this I mean, we we just said okay, so the Bears are are sending away defensive pieces to get offensive pieces. Do you maybe Mm -hmm. view this as kind of an opposite? reaction for the lines. They're they're selling an offensive piece to add to the league's worst defense by far.
2: Yeah. I think eventually the, the value that they draw back most likely will be on the defensive side of the ball when we're looking at like draft picks and and where they're weak. So um, yeah, I mean, you could look at it that way. I don't, uh, it's hard hard to tell because we're projecting right. Yeah. uh, Six months from now. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, they want to be flexible yeah. and obviously they didn't think that he is a part of their future and they're able to, to get compensation for that, even no matter how minimal you think it is or how great you think it is compensation for a, a piece of, of the team that probably wasn't going to be here, uh, his value.
1: Yeah, uh, trade terms, second round pick the Bears spent mm. on, on Chase Claypool. It's pretty, pretty stiff price there. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But clearly they're they're trying to fix that offense. Uh, does it bother you that the Lions have now made two pretty big trades with the Vikings? How how much of because I think that's a sticking point with a lot of fans. And <clears throat> you know, we discussed a little bit at the top here, but like, how much does mm. that bother you?
2: That don't bother me. Not at all. Um, not really. I mean. I mean, you're going to, you're going to end up facing guys. I mean, you're going to face him more often, but does hot, ha- I mean, is Hawkinson going to be a guy where he's like, I'm going to get revenge. And then as the third target on their team, be able to execute that. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he's not jumping Jefferson, you yeah, know? So maybe he jumps Thielen, Is Thielen's getting up there in age. Maybe he becomes a, a, a bigger priority, but like they have, they have two good running backs. They have two good receivers and he comes in and he helps, he's going to help their overall offense. But again, I thinking that he's going to be a feature part. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe karma will make him a feature part in, in the, (laughs) on Lions week. Right. I I do
1: think, I do think he's going to have some extra motivation, right? His career did not go as planned here. and, And I think he was probably not very happy the first two years granted he doesn't have to. He's not facing Matt Patricia and, and Bob Quinn anymore. But mm-hmm. there's there's certain certainly a, a chip that goes on your shoulder. I mean, there. I can't again. I don't want to spread rumors, but you know, there were a lot of people that that said that they saw in in T.J. Hawkinson's. They read his lips after he made that big catch on Sunday and said like, "You're going to trade me now" or something like that. Like he was clearly miffed oh. by the trade rumors, right?
2: Oh, there, who there started were, those? Who started those rumors? Well,
1: I mean. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had talked to the Detroit Free Press and said, "You yeah. know, like I, I laughed these off. It, it seemed like he had almost gotten assurance from the front office based based on some of those comments that he wasn't think so? Maybe not assurance. I don't. I don't think the lines would go at that. But like,
2: it, I think he felt like comfortable. Maybe, yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know what it was, but he he had clearly heard some of the speculation. Maybe maybe some on our part. But hey, who he, he turned out to be right? Um, and and and." Had a chip on, and had already, I think, had a chip on his shoulder, and now he's certainly going to have a, a bigger one. And so that whatever week, whatever matchup with the Lions is, is going to mean more to him. I think that's certain. And listen, that shouldn't be a Lions concern this year, right? I mean, who cares if the Lions win or lose that game? And in the in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. And if, if Hawkinson gets his, it'll, it'll be bad press for a week, but who cares?
2: Here's the thing. If they don't extend him, he might only be with the team for per- – next year yeah yeah, yeah. yeah right sure. and like so i mean and there's no guarantee they're going to because who knows that they want to pay because as you mentioned uh in the last segment they have Herb smith they've invested in other players at the position and so maybe they're not going to want to pay him yeah. that much money especially with uh you know other uh offensive skill players that are have been part of the scheme and you know i don't remember or maybe they're going to shift and they're going to make more of a feature it, it really could go a lot of different ways um but it doesn't bother me where he is. Wherever he ends up, he ends up. Um, I mean, it's just, you just, you play the people that are across from you. And, you know, there's always seems to be a player, a former Lion that, you know, comes back and scores four touchdowns like Artus Pinner, right? Or <laughs> you remember when he went to the Vikings and sure. scored like four right there? I mean, like that yeah. happens. That, yeah. that just, I mean, that just seems to be stuff that happens to the Lions. But, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not sweating the fact that it's an inner division thing. I'm a bit surprised that Brad Holmes keeps going back to that well, but he seems to be, uh, buddies with their GM. So,
1: yeah. And maybe, maybe because I think another concern, and especially one that we had with the previous regime, is that you're only trading with the, 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 the people that you know. And I don't, I don't know if, if, Brad Holmes and and I, Vikings team yeah. has any sort of history. But the early concern, especially when you sent Matthew Stafford to the Rams, was yeah. oh, Brad Holmes is just gonna trade with his former team. And sure. so in, in essence, it's good that he's reaching out from that. It is certainly strange that two of the three trades this, this team has made under Brad Holmes have got or major trades, I should say, because there's been some some you know mid to late round stuff. Um have, has been with a division rival. It's not it's not ideal for sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I'm not too bothered by it, but it, it it I'd I'd rather I'd rather he not. I'd rather he stop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you got to think, it wasn't like he got he. I, I know again. I'm going to speculate here, but odds are he didn't just get one phone call, right? I mean, the yeah. odds are he had a couple of phone calls and he and right. and he took the best offer, right? And so we'll you know I don't know if we'll ever find out, but sometimes these things leak, right? But odds are this time of year, he's talked to a whole bunch of different GMs and I'm sure a lot of them probably valued Hawkinson even less. So, um, it, uh, yeah. All right. We'll see if he starts talking to other GMs and making trades with them sooner yeah. down, or down Ho- the line. Right? Well,
1: hopefully this is the last emergency podcast we'll need to do today. Um, who knows? Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe Deandre Swift goes somewhere. Oh. Let's just wildly speculate at this point. Send send all of your offensive <laughs> weapons so that the Lions can just load up on secondary in the draft. Um,
2: if, if they trade Michael Brockers, we'll do another one.
1: No, we won't. That's because <laughs> no. they're going to get no. a, con, they're going to get a conditional eighth. I don't know how, but they're going to get a conditional eight for Michael Brockers
2: in 2025.
1: Yes. Um, but I think we'll close things out here. Uh, we'll stick around for our live Twitch audience for a little bit here. Um, but, but thank you for listening. Uh, hopefully, you guys are are doing okay. I know it's been a stressful week. We, we didn't even talk about Aubrey Pleasant and, and that firing. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that and more on, on the POD cast after Sunday's game against the Packers. Um, A lot, lot of things happening. None of them particularly good, but we're going to hang in here. We're going to, we're going to raise some money from charity all of November. So make sure you go to pride of co- dot com for details or watch our live streams here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash pride Detroit for chance at some awesome prizes. But until then for Eric, For myself, for all Lions fans out there, it's chaos. Be kind.